Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name is Jamie Loftus. My name is Caitlin Durante. And this is our uh, our little podcast about the uh, representation of women intersectionally in movies. Today, we are unlocking an episode from our Matreon, aka Patreon, mm-hmm. aka Matreon. Mm-hmm. It's an episode about the movie 9 to 5 with a guest slash our producer, Sophie Lichterman. And the reason we are unlocking this episode is because I am uh, releasing a podcast for the next two months, uh, every Monday, called ActCast, which is all about the Kathy comics by Kathy Geiswhite. Mm-hmm. I am very excited. Same. It was also produced by Sophie Lichterman, and it's kind of just a, a look back at those comics. I think that they're very generally misunderstood and mischaracterized as being anti-feminist or somehow regressive. When um, I've read every single one, and there's a lot of really mm. good stuff in there. It's it was it ran for almost thirty-five years, mm-hmm. um, and that's how old I am. <laughs> it's it's literally well, it's not as old. It's it's because it ended ten years ago. But you know, uh-huh. it ran for a long time. <laughs> Time and yeah. uh, and and it grew and changed a lot with the times, much like uh, you, Caitlin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Thank you. And I think it is like I, I truly have been fully red pilled by Kathy Comics. I think that they're a really interesting gateway to discussion. So the show starts by talking about um, what happens in the comics and the common misconceptions around it, 
Um, I interview Kathy Geiswhite, who made the comics every day for 35 years. And then it kind of takes a turn into talking about how the comic comments on the kind of jagged progression of feminism in America during the times mm. that it was coming out, which we talk about all the time on this show, but it's a very like day by day chronicle. So it's really interesting. Um, yeah. There's an episode that is about how it comments on diet culture and uh, the pressures to conform to conventional beauty standards and how that is a mm. an, a ridiculous expectation, thus mm. ACK. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of commentary on consumerism. There's a lot of stuff about how American men kind of interpreted the gains that women made during these years. And there's just mm -hmm. a lot of interesting stuff. It is uh, an imperfect comic for sure. And I try to kind of fill in the blanks of what it's not referencing and not discussing and there's a lot of interviews with um with artists i interviewed uh 15 boomer moms uh mm -hmm. about their, their experiences and lives and there's a whole episode about uh boomers as well so nice. i hope you listen to it it's called ack cast because kathy says ack a lot it is spelled mm -hmm. a a c k cast or you can just search my name jamie loftus and it will also pop up Amazing. Uh, the first episode came out June 28th, and the rest of the episodes are going to be coming out on Mondays. And so that is why we are releasing 9 to 5 in 80s Working Girl Deeply Flawed Classic. Mm. That's my little spiel. I love it, and I, I'm i very excited to listen. At the time that we're recording this, it has not come out yet. It has so not come out yet. Just yeah. so you know, listeners. A little but... peek behind the curtain. <laughs> Um, yay, awesome. So with that in mind, because this is a Matreon episode, mm -hmm. we uh, didn't do the, you know, our general show intro. So mm -hmm. real quick, this is our podcast in which we examine movies through an intersectional feminist lens. We use the Bechtel test simply as a jumping off point. That, of course, is a media metric mm -hmm. created by Alison Bechtel. Who I talk about quite a bit in the Kathy podcast. Oh yeah, because she kind of like, you know, provided uh, the queer perspective that was never represented in the funny pages of the newspaper in the 80s. They're sorry. <laughs> it all goes back to Kathy, baby. Wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, so it's, a, of course, a media metric in which our this is our rendition on the Bechtel test to people of any marginalized gender mm -hmm. must have names they must speak to each other about something other than a man and ideally for our purposes it's a meaningful narratively significant conversation the bar we keep raising the bar basically and also according to recent itunes reviews we've been fielding uh we've <laughs> We think we got a one star review because someone didn't like the Bechtel test and had never listened to <laughs> our show and also didn't seem to know what the Bechtel test was. What a nightmare. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're unlocking this episode from our Matreon. Uh, this episode was recorded in when when was it? Was it? Uh... It was like, sometime in 2019. OK. Um, and so we just wanted to acknowledge that. In this episode, this was uh, prior to us um, getting more educated on 
ableist language as it pertains to mental illness. And so uh, we just wanted to do mm -hmm. a quick trigger warning that those words such as uh, crazy, stupid, etc., do appear in this episode. Uh, we've talked about this many times on the show before, and we'll also include links in this episode as well, because we always want to mm -hmm. make sure that we're acknowledging that that further stigmatizes mental illness in many, many ways. And it's something mm -hmm. that we have completely phased out of the show and out of our own vocabulary. And we're always encouraging our listeners to learn more and to make an active effort to do so yourself. Know better, do better. Links in the description, baby. I mean, speaking of learning and growing, am uh -huh. I right? I mean, <laughs> I mean. And and um, this episode is like a little more informal in tone because it appeared on our Matreon. If mm -hmm. this is a, if this more kind of kickback feel to an episode is fun for you check it out it's at patreon.com slash bechtelcast we post two bonus episodes around a theme each and every month i think what was the companion movie to uh it was to? uh working girl yes okay yeah so we did like working girl <laughs> november, november I think. or something <laughs> like Something like that. So we, that's where yeah. we uh, choose uh, ridiculous themes and actually follow through on them. So good for us. Mm -hmm. Good for us. Amazing. <laughs> it's currently the third Portman July, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with that, enjoy this unlocked episode on 9 to 5. Woo! The Bechdel cast. Yeah, I wanted to just stop, sacrifice all the momentum. Very good. Hi, matrons. Hi, matrons. It's us. It's us. We're in the studio this time. Yeah, this is actually it's. I'm. It's kind of fucking with me because I. I feel so formal, and yet it's not because it's the matrion. It is. Usually, we do this in a bed right my bed yes and uh usually we're horizontal yes just lying down all you know Would covered have just up had and... lunch usually and mm -hmm. so really really uh charmed life we're living right now <laughs> um but True. today we we really took it upon ourselves to leave caitlin's house mm -hmm. and here we are well here we are in the studio but we're and gonna keep it loose we're gonna keep it loose Here's the thing. The reason that Here's we're the in thing. the studio is that we have a guest this time on, yeah. our, on our Matreon episode. Ever heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> she is a friend of ours. She is the mother of Anderson the dog. And she works nine to five at iHeartRadio as a producer of podcasts, including, including the Bechtel cast. It's Sophie Ooh. Lichterman. Ever heard of it? <laughs> Wowie! Hi guys. Hi, thanks for being here. <laughs> hey, I'm so nervous. Don't be nervous. No, You're I think be she great. should be nervous. I yeah, know. we're mean. I think that. Yeah, we're. I think we've really <laughs> proven ourselves to be untenable. Well, I just know that if I fuck it up, you're gonna fire me. Well, you said fuck. You have to. Sorry, yeah, we we are only non-swearing. You have to pay us three dollars. <laughs> um, here's my money, and also <laughs> fuck that. Wow. Okay, and she's off aggressively okay. cursing one minute in. I don't think we've ever had a uh, a guest incriminate themselves really quite this fast yeah but, but um i but am to good. please there has yeah. to be a first one there yeah. ha <laughs> I am to please, I... thank you for doing this oh, so we're talking we're about excited. uh nine to five yeah 
It's a classic. Classic. And it's one of your favorite movies, I think. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, it really just describes my ethos. Good. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge uh, Fonda fan. Mm. And who doesn't love Lily and who doesn't love Dolly? It's just like a great trifecta. It truly is. So when, when did you first see this movie? I first saw it with my mom. I don't remember exactly. It's been a while. I've probably seen this movie like 10 times. It's one of my faves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my ringtone. Good. Um, you, you are currently wearing a nine to five shirt, and as one does for a nine to five podcast, of course. Mm-hmm. But then, and then you're also sporting a nine to five sticker on your laptop. Yeah, it's mostly just like a Jedi mind trick for uh, one Jack O'Brien. Oh, okay. who has not seen nine to five, so does not understand any of my <laughs> passive aggressive nine to five jokes. <laughs> he kept so we all just watched it together uh in the studio and he kept turning around and being like is this an action movie because he would like turn around during that scene where like jane fonda is like chasing heart with a gun or like so when they're dolly like, with the lasso you're just the, like in a way it is in yeah. a way it is it's i mean it's I mean, a romp it has for dimensions sure. okay tell me about a romp <laughs> Caitlin, what's your history with this movie? Uh, my herstory with this? Your herstory. <laughs> uh, I didn't grow up with this movie. I didn't see it for the first time until probably like a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. I've seen it a couple times in that span of time. And I remember the first chunk of it very well and the last chunk of it very well. And then I never remember mm-hmm. what happens in the middle because it just gets so wild and like fast paced and like things happen that you're like that i was absolutely not expecting to happen so i like i don't know what happens to my brain but i never remember until i'm like oh my gosh i forgot how wild this movie gets but you know it's it's a fun romp and i can't wait to talk about it jamie what about you this is my first time seeing this movie somehow. I don't really. Know. Yeah, I don't know why, because it's so thoroughly up my alley, and I've been a Jane Fonda stan for a long time. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't realize that this was how Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin like yeah. first got tight, because I'm a Grace and Frankie stan, seen mm-hmm. every episode multiple times. Yeah, no, it was good to go back and see. And, and this movie, like, I mean, I think in most regards, like, really holds up in a way that's yeah. like almost kind of depressing because you're just like oh yeah these are all still the same things when i say yeah i'm also same like crying yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's really funny and like really well done and i man and 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 as caitlin said a romp and a half <sighs> and a half i Ugh. mean it's who's great. not a fonda fan at, at at this moment i mean she's good chance right now you're listening to it jane fonda just got arrested she just got arrested for standing <laughs> up for the environment she's like Truly, like, one of the, like, shining Hollywood examples of, like, using your privilege for good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, backing it up. That Jane Fonda she arrest was. photo, I definitely have a t-shirt with that on, but it's, like, <gasps> one of my one of my favorite, like... Which which arrest? The one when she had the clute bangs, you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I definitely have a sweatshirt with that, with that on it. And oh, that's cool. That story is super interesting, too, why she got arrested. You was know, that when she was doing Vietnam War protesting? Yeah, and, they, was... and then the government was like, the government was like, oh, she yeah. has drugs. And she's like, you literally just don't want me making any more like protest speech. These are vitamins. I mean, she was absolutely <laughs> like dragged and abused by the media and by fucking everyone for like decades and decades and decades. She is the best. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jane Fonda appreciation, 100%. If you haven't seen that HBO documentary, it's Please. time to grow up. <laughs> 
I gotta watch it still. So done. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize that was a call out. Wow, Jamie. Sorry. She also dated Ted Turner. You know, everyone contains multitudes. Sometimes you date an evil billionaire, and it's fine. I don't. We don't know. The first, the first time I heard Jane Fonda's name was when my mom was fully roasting my dad for taking her aerobics class when I really yeah wait your dad took jane fonda's aerobics class yeah they did like (gasps) they did like jane fonda's aerobics and him and his friend would go and my mom was like yeah your dad used to do like this and i was like this is who is this woman that is making my father do aerobics and like how do i meet her and laugh yeah that's my first fonda sighting you know (laughs) do you remember carmen electra's striptease workout because i definitely had those dvds oh my god no no googling what we were, we were a richard simmons family oh Thank sure you well I, this wasn't a family thing that my whole oh, family we wouldn't all do it together <laughs> gather on the television what if this i was like was my family did richard simmons me as a, a solo artist who had uh, broken away from my family Love it. doing carmen electra striptease oh hell out. yeah did fun? you wear this outfit oh, no oh <laughs> man were they fun to do just pretty fun yeah i love dope. workout videos she has like in everything oh, and she's like, like angelic and has like this like re- i recognize these covers like early yeah. 2000s <laughs> i like of. that in this one she's doing it in front of a bed i support that i used to watch the fitness channel really early in the morning before school i used to do this workout with someone this really buff guy named gilad and then he'd <laughs> so be like proud. it's called like wake up with gilad and then you'd just like walk around a lot so and then cool. he'd be like good job and <laughs> He was like Slovenian. In that HBO documentary, didn't didn't it say that Jane Fonda didn't get a, a single dime from those aerobics videos either? It was all like it like as like a oh I forget I would have to fact check that. I yeah. think that 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 does ring. Familiar. I mean, she like gives a lot away. She and yeah. she also there's all these recent pictures of her because she's gotten gotten arrested multiple times for going to climate change protests. Um, Are you talking about the the one where she's wearing the red jacket and her tongue is out? Because everything I want yeah, that on a t- like I want that on a t shirt too. She, you can tell like she's like get like getting dolled up and she goes out and protests and she gets arrested and it's all very exciting. Oh, what a queen! I mean, but we then love also her. like Lily Tomlin is an icon and yes, they're all yeah. icon. Everyone's an icon. Literally, Dolly, all three of them. Lily Tomlin, a, a queer, queer icon. icon. She's great. Dolly Parton is great. Parton is Lily almost legend. didn't do this movie. But her she, wife. yeah, her, her wife, wife talked her into it because she, oh, she had just gotten done with I forget what film and was like super fatigued and like had called and been like, no, sorry, like I'm out of it. And then her wife, her wife was like, <laughs> no, 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 you want to do, do this. And she's like, really glad she did. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's talk more about it, shall we? Let's do it. Well, uh, the recap, if I may, please. Oh my god, is that you. the format of the show? Yeah, I just we want to like make sure we let's keep make, things. Let's be totally clear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so we're in New York City. Ever heard of it? No, Mm-mm. not not once. And Judy Burnley, that's Jane Fonda's character, mm-hmm. is recently divorced, and she has just gotten her first ever job at a big company called Consolidated. We meet Violet Newstead. That's Lily Tomlin. She shows Judy around. Judy meets Roz, mm-hmm. um, who is, is not the receptionist from Monsters Inc. Oh no! <laughs> but but kind of. But at the same time, is same energy. <laughs> same yeah. energy has those. I will kill you bangs. Actually, I think I don't know. I would. I would. I prefer Roz from Monsters Inc. Personally. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that character's name also Roz? Yeah. Oh, I Isn't forgot that about that. Yeah. Wow. Maybe that's an, that's homage. Maybe to nine to five. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Who knows? We <laughs> who can't. Can we, say? we can't go giving Pixar too much credit that's for really much fair, of fair, anything. Fair, fair, fair. True. Um, but Roz is on Violet's case about something about the you know desk decorations, dress code, all the stuff stupid like that. crap that doesn't actually matter. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then Judy meets her new boss, Mister Hart, who sucks. He's a piece of shit. He's a sexist pig. We find that out right away. And then she also meets Dora Lee. That's Dolly Parton, uh, Mr. Hart's assistant. And there's a rumor going around among the women in the office that Dora Lee is sleeping with Mr. Hart. Mm-hmm. Uh, lies we, right it's lies we find out what's really happening is that he's in love with her and he is sexually harassing her on the regular she's and... turning him down consistently yeah. and like in ways she shouldn't have to mm-hmm. he says he's in love with her it really is just like he's just frequently he's like, trying, trying to like he's, forcefully attack yeah her he's like it. exerting his power over her Abs- the way that you know many powerful men do right he he offers her money he's like ogling her there's a lot of like pov shots of him you know like objectifying her dropping yeah. pencils and just being all the slimy things you disgusting would yeah right. But uh, no one knows this truth quite yet. Sexist, egotistical, lying, hypocritical, bigot. (laughs) That's Mr. Hart. So Judy gets started at the office. She's struggling a lot at first. There's this big Xerox machine mishap. And Mr. Hart yells at her and makes her feel like an idiot. Mm-hmm. To be fair, he probably doesn't know how to use that he shit. He doesn't There's fucking no know it all. Way. He doesn't know how to do anything. If he you haven't know. had That's a panic point. attack because of like office equipment, or have you even had a job? Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, yeah, I've been in tears over making copies before. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she oh. pretty quickly thinks. <laughs> I was like, whoa, I just went to a, a dark place for a second. <laughs> But Judy pretty quickly gets the hang of things, and Dora Lee is reaching out to her and trying to be friendly, um, but because Judy believes this rumor about Dora Lee sleeping with Mr. Hart, Judy brushes her off, and just generally no one is taking Dora Lee seriously. Meanwhile, Mr. Hart steals one of Violet's ideas about color-coding the accounts to improve efficiency, and he takes credit for it. But Violet doesn't do anything about it because she's up for this promotion and doesn't want to, like, ruffle any feathers. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that she does not get the promotion. Uh, Mr. Hart gave it to a man who Violet has five years seniority over. And she trained. She trained him. So, oh, <laughs> this is, like, this reminds me of so, so many stories that my aunt would tell me about, like, working for the government. Like, it's just... <sighs> That whole character just, like, exude. My aunt, like, I mean, I, I don't think she subscribes to the major aunt, but she retired this year, mm-hmm. like, early because she was just, like, fucking done being passed <laughs> yeah. over by losers named Marty who <laughs> were, like, being promoted. It's just, like, it's, ugh. ugh. Yeah, horrible. It makes me mad. And then Hart tells Violet that the company needs a man in this position and that clients would rather deal with a man when it comes to figures. And, you know, he gave the promotion to a man because he's got a family to support. Which is still, like, used today to justify promotions all the time. (sighs) So frustrating. Yeah. And then Violet gives this great monologue about demanding respect and... She's not his girl. Right. Yeah, love it. Which I'm like, yeah, you're not... And then it's also in this scene when 
Doralee comes in and finds out that Mr. Hart has been saying that he and Doralee have been having an affair, hence where that rumor came from. Yeah. Uh, which infuriates her. And then we get another great monologue from Doralee, uh, which oh, ends with her. To kill him. She's it's like, so I will shoot your dick off it's... if you ever step out of line again. What's the line? It's like something about a She's rooster. like, I'll, I'll turn you from a rooster to a hen. Something, something, something. <laughs> it's she, yeah, she threatens to castrate him. It's very, what is it, L- Lorena Bobbitt. Yes. Before mm-hmm. Lorena Bobbitt was Lorena yes. Bobbitt. Love it. And Judy becomes enraged uh, also when one of her colleagues gets fired for discussing her salary. Uh, so Judy, Violet, and Dorley all take the rest of the day off and they go get drunk. And then Judy's like, we got to do something about this. So they go to Dorley's house and they smoke some weed that Violet has that her son gave her. Which is honestly one scene. of the best mother-son interactions I in a movie. That. I love Yeah, I want to talk more like, about that. He's like, listen, mom, get high. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. And she's like, she's like not thrilled about him smoking pot, but she's just like, your grandma would be so upset if she knew you were doing this and then he's like come on like you, you just need to do it and then she's like leave it in my purse because she's, like, she's not yeah. a regular mom she's cool she's a cool mom <laughs> which is kind of cool because it's like there you said she's kind of set up as like the character who is like a little more like by the book and by yeah. the rules and then you're like oh but she can fucking hang like yeah, yeah she's fucking she, tight i, I like there like you get all these like little shades of like i don't know actual like people it's and her nice. son has not some tropey. of the best hair i've ever seen <laughs> oh my god it's flipping right and left you're like who who is your stylist refer me <laughs> so much volume true yeah so they're getting high and they start fantasizing about getting back at heart uh and like, these, like extended sequences long. they're so long <laughs> yes it's very satisfying this is where I always forget these things happen in the movie. Like this, this is the point where I'm like, oh, things get really wild. And then I just apparently black out because I never remember these parts of the movie. But uh, Judy is fantasizing about hunting him down with a gun. Dorley fantasizes about like giving him a taste of his own like very harassy medicine. Violet fantasizes about poisoning him and then chucking him out of a window. Yeah, it's and some, these are all like yeah. minimum five minutes long a piece. They're very extended sequence. Like I, mm-hmm. there's wasn't animation prepared. at one point. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. That there's that Lily Tomlin scene where she's dressed up like Snow White, and yep. you're like, sure, <laughs> yeah. Like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> you're like, and then you're like, is that her? Like it's so. Right. <laughs> I, I I love it. I love it. It's great. Um, so they all go to work the next day, and Violet accidentally puts rat poison in Mr. Hart's coffee, thinking it's this sweetener. It looks it the same. It looks it's in the same box, essentially. It's the same thing. Same font. Can't be blamed. But he doesn't drink it, but his chair that has been acting up throughout the whole movie does collapse out from under him and then he hits his head and is knocked unconscious i love it and then violet realizes what she's done and she figures the reason that he collapsed was because he drank the poison so she starts freaking out they all rush to the hospital and violet overhears doctors talking about a guy who died from being poisoned but she doesn't know they're talking about someone else so violet steals this man's body thinking that it's mr hart loads it into her trunk, and then takes off with Doralee and Judy. But then Doralee discovers that the body is not Mr. Hart, so now they have to figure out like what to do with this random body. They get pulled over by the cops, and then 
they get out of that situation they take it back to the hospital and then just leave the body there and then i were, love that scene <laughs> right i it's love that so scene. Good. it's so good. so she's, funny she wants to give us an escort <laughs> and then she's like see ya bitch <laughs> <laughs> oh it's great um so they return to work the next day and pretend like everything is normal except everything is normal because Mr. Hart is there and he's fine. And then the women convene in the bathroom and talk about how he must not have drank the poison and they should just forget about the whole thing. But Roz, who is like the eyes and ears Snake. and the spy of Snake. Snake. The bangs of the office. Yes. <laughs> she, she was hiding in one of the stalls in the bathroom and overhears everything. So she tells Mr. Hart all the stuff that she heard. So then Mr. Hart blackmails Dorley. He says if she comes to his house that evening, he'll forget the whole thing. But if she doesn't come over, he'll call the police and tell them that the three women tried to murder him. Uh, so Doralee is like, fuck you. She hogties him, just like in her fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, Like a boss, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> and then Judy points a gun at him, just like in her fantasy. And then they kidnap him and take him to his house. And then they're like, okay, what do we do now? They try to figure out if they can dig up any dirt on him to blackmail him. And they figure out that the Ajax account that he's been working on is completely fraudulent. But they can't prove it until they get the invoices from the company, which will take four to six weeks. So they have to keep him tied up in his home. Luckily, his wife is away. His wife. His wife. His wife. His, <laughs> and also his wife, who is like the Stupid. sweetest woman. Oh. <laughs> I thought she was lovely. Super nice. (laughs) She was sweet and gullible. Yes. Also known as stupid. (laughs) Well, I see, I kind of disagree on that. I I thought that that was like a little subversion where I think usually when you see a boss is his wife, there's either no personality or she's like jealous. Like when she walked in to see like Dolly Parton's character, I thought she was going to be like, hello, Dorley, you know, because I feel like that's the easy choice. Not saying that that's the most brilliant inspired choice, but I was, I was (laughs) actually taken back. She scammed her way into like a month long cruise. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So she's actually a genius. And she was like, oh, you want me to go stay at a nice hotel for another week? Great. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I take I, t- I take back the stupid comment. She's just a she's just a scam goddess. Yeah. She's, a, she, when she's you think basically about it, she really diva. Lacy. Lacy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's just Lacy. She's Lacy Mosley. Mm-hmm. Also, listen to that podcast. It's really yes. good. Yes. <laughs> Do it. So while he's tied up and away from the office for these several weeks, Judy, Dorley, and Violet make some positive changes around the office, including radical. An- radical stuff an equal pay policy oh they install a daycare center (gasps) oh and there's also like an alcoholic rehabilitation program shout out uh drunk feminist icon margaret (laughs) oh i love margaret my favorite she's always like at a girl yeah (laughs) um but then hart finally manages to get loose and he covers his tracks with the ajax account and he takes the three women into the office ready to call the police and rat them out but just then the chairman of the board mr tinsworthy colonel sanders Sanders. yeah Mm -hmm. 
shows up and praises Mr. Hart for all of these positive changes that have been implemented He's on like, his look floor. Look at all these original spices. <laughs> He's like, I just love this orange and yellow furniture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, sure. And then uh, Mr. Tinsworthy wants Hart to work with him in Brazil. So Hart leaves. They've gotten rid of him and they celebrate and they're like, woo. And that's the end of the movie. Uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll come right back. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal History. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. And we're back. So there's a lot to talk about with this. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is a fun This is a fun chat. Yes. I feel like maybe for this movie, it, it might even be best to start with like a little bit of the history behind how this movie. Yeah. How this movie exists, why this movie exists. It, it's like, I think for this time, you can kind of trace a lot of successful female-driven comedies back to this movie as kind mm-hmm. of like the golden standard that women want to see themselves reflected on screen. And we will get into the whiteness of the women Mm, that we see mm -hmm. reflected on screen. But just to kind of start, I mean, I I don't think that you wouldn't have Working Girl without this movie. You wouldn't have The First Wives Club without Mm -hmm. this movie. It's just like a lot of this definitely got a trend started because it was so successful. It made this movie made its budget back 10 times at a $10 million budget. Made uh, over a hundred million dollars at the box office. Uh, what is it? Twentieth, <laughs> twentieth highest grossing comedy film of all time. 
It was the second highest grossing film of that year, 1980, right behind the Star Wars movie of that year. Ever heard the of the Empire Star Wars? Strikes Back? <laughs> like, it's funk, like, it's huge yeah. that this movie did this movie this well. that starred three women without, like, an actual romance storyline, too. Yeah. With which no... is amazing. It's, and it's, I mean, it's a feminist text. It's for white sure. feminism but it's like it's flawed feminism it's flawed it's feminism. feminism it's it's you know a narrow scope of feminism white second wave it's like yeah, yeah have friends at work but it but it's like <laughs> but it's definitely like a touchstone in like making room for more 100 thoughtful and inclusive texts right i mean yeah. what other movies around this time or even since then because there haven't been that many but are about like a group of women who are fed up with their sexist boss and then like take him down, and then also implement positive changes in their workplace. They, like, low-key almost unionized. Right. But I feel I, – I would imagine that they got, yeah. like, studio notes of, like, well, don't be too explicit about the unionization Union, yeah, stuff. Was, but so, that is so the, pretty much what they do. Right, yeah. They just aren't allowed to say it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, there's, like, there, there's a lot of cool uh, stuff. And, and – I think that it wasn't this, so. This was like Dolly Parton's first starring vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sophie, you were yeah. My how she my had... favorite fact about this this movie is that Dolly Parton negotiated in her first movie contract that she would not do the movie unless she did the theme song, <laughs> which is so fucking cool. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. She's like, listen, listen, Jane, <laughs> I'll do your little movie. <laughs> <laughs> And this song fucking slaps. It's my ringtone. It a number one hit. <laughs> like oh, it's so good. Still a cl- and and like the, well, I, I'll, I'll take us through the lyrics in a bit because they're <laughs> radical lyrics. Uh, also, Jane Fonda's production company yep. was the company that produced this movie. Jane Fonda was very much a driving force behind getting this movie made, which, as we know today. Still, that like someone using their clout to get a movie like this made is kind of like one of the only mm-hmm. ways to do it is mm-hmm. to have a powerful person strongly advocating for it. And as it sounds like Jane Fonda did during the writing process of this movie, like really let the writers go the way that they wanted to go and make a cool like and just gave them room. And the fact that it fucking worked is yeah. so like it's it's exciting that this you know movie got a lot of you know for the mistakes it makes it, it made a lot of progress and, and space yeah and for sure it makes me happy it's it, a pleasant watch it's very pleasant it's very fun it's uh, directed by a queer director mm. uh, queer icon colin higgins who is perhaps most famous for writing harold and maud Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also wrote, uh, he continued to work with Dolly Parton after this. He also wrote The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and he so cool. directed it as well. And so he, he co wrote and directed Nine to Five. He is, I mean, he's like a lot of people, I guess like Judd Apatow frequently cites him as an influence, which we can't hold against him. <laughs> and then he passed away at 47 due to AIDS complications. Oh, man. Um, so he had like a brief but like incredible life, like made these three extremely iconic movies. Yeah, super movies. impactful. 
And then his co-writer, her name's Patricia Resnick. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's still a working writer today. Mm. Um, she started out working with Robert Altman and and continued to write uh, her own features after working on Three Women, which I've never seen. Oh, me either. Um, but imagine three women in a movie. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Um, so because, you know, she worked on three women, she's like, now I have an idea for three women and nine to five. <laughs> wow. no, but, but she wrote it as a drama. And then Jane Fonda read it and was like, oh, I like this story, but I think it should be a comedy. And uh, then Colin Higgins came yeah. in, did a rewrite. And uh, then they bullied Lily Tomlin into joining, and, it, and and thank goodness they did. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like there's a cool. It seems like the collaborative process of of this movie was cool, and it was mostly driven by women and queer people. Awesome, which is great. Yay! Woo-hoo. Helpful context as always, Jamie. Thank you so much. Woo-hoo. Let's get into the 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 story, the characters. Sure. Um. So we've got three iconic characters here and they're all up against this like shitty horrible sexist boss mr hart something i liked about the mr hart character i mean there's nothing to like about it but the but the way he was written was i I feel like we have talked about this on the matreon specifically a Mm. lot but just when there are villains who are abusive to women that are so overdone that like male audience members couldn't see themselves in them at all, mm-hmm. which kind of just removes like, well, what's the point of doing it? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that they did. I feel like this is like, I mean, some of it's kind of like played over the top because it's a comedy, right. but I feel like the things that he does are so recognizable. And I'm sure that like if a man in like a 1980 audience, they, you know, he could see his own behavior in that. Um, Definitely. But I mean, it, I, I did like that there seemed to be some care into like making him a character that hopefully, you know, a, a man could be like, oh, f- you know, oh, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> like, just like also like a really good actor, too. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that actor. Dabney he does Coleman. such a good job with this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like some of the things that Mr. Hart does, like right off the bat, that clue us into him being a sexist pig, but are, Jamie, as you're saying, familiar enough that like yeah these things have all been said to us and and all women he tells judy right when he first meets her that she's pretty and then he comments on other women's looks in the office saying how he doesn't find many of them to be attractive and then he goes right violet and she just like gives him the stink eye um but i feel like it's like subtly implied like it not or not even subtly but it's implied that he's Part of the reason he's not promoting her is because he has no sexual interest in her. Oh, right. And, like, that... But is also, like, really okay with taking credit for all of her ideas. Oh, takes all of her ideas. All of her ideas. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the first things we see him do, too, with the color coding. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, I'll have to, like, read more about this. And then in the next scene, he has taken it to his boss. His boss. (laughs) (laughs) And, And his boss is like, oh, wow, this is great. Like, good job. And... Another very realistic thing happens where Violet sees this happening right in front of her. She's like, he just Mm -hmm. stole my idea and took credit for it. 
but because she is up for a promotion, she can't do anything about it. And this is such a familiar situation for women because, like, if we try to speak out or stand up for ourselves, mm-hmm. we're seen as being difficult, and then, you know, we get fired. Yeah, you can't really it, – the, the, it's really hard to advocate for yourself. Oh, yeah. yes. it's. I mean, it was really, really, really well done where, yeah, you can just, like – sort of and it's like so well acted by Lily Tomlin too where you just see her like choosing her battles in you real see time it in her face yeah yeah she doesn't have to say it's yeah it, <sighs> it's a bummer and that's like a thing that ha- yeah like happens has happened to all of us at some point oh, yeah for sure happens all the time and it's like I don't know like I the the movie kind of plays it smart and and shows so many subtle things that build up that is like every woman who's ever worked in an office or really just existed in the world can yep. mm-hmm. really he also like he's like oh i want to buy my wife something violet go shopping and she's like that's not in my job description i'm not gonna shop for you and then he like interrupts her and he's like oh you need to be a team player Ugh. blah 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 <laughs> yeah if you i definitely got asked to go pick up a old boss's like tailored pants from Nordstrom in the middle of the day once, oh, and it's for like, why? it's like, where is that in my like? No, low key. Two weeks ago, a male director sent me out to get him coffee. I'm like, I'm your head writer. Like, what are you talking? Oh like, you know, like it's just like it's fucking infuriating. It's like where. In my job description, did you see lackey? Like, mm-hmm. it's so weird. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, and it's literally two weeks... So 2019, great, great. So, so, so yeah, glad we progressed Yeah, so just well. a fortnight ago, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this happened. Right here in Los Angeles, California. Oh, ever heard of it. Uh, heard also, of it. so Violet, toward the beginning of the movie, she talks about how rapidly heart like rose up the ranks like climbed the corporate ladder and she's like i remember when he was a management trainee in fact i'm the one who trained him meanwhile she's been there for 12 years she does have seem to have some like um she's the senior supervising yeah. person but it seems like she's <sighs> so qualified and yeah. so capable and could be underpaid doing... underappreciated exactly um yeah. but because she's a woman and this gets pretty explicitly stated by Hart in that conversation when he tells her that she didn't get the promotion and there's the whole thing about like well you know he's a man and he's got a family to support and she's like I have four kids but you know there's you know the societal expectation of like men needing to be the provider so they're more worthy of more money uh, and oh it's so frustrating and doing the same job is somehow harder for them than it is for a woman that was uh, I like literally couldn't stop thinking about my aunt was I was like getting so mad because you just see those little things of like your trainee being promoted above above you and Mm -hmm. like you're not allowed to say anything about it or just these fucking losers just hurtling over you because they can and no like even when men recognize in the office that it's wrong they don't they say don't say anything. Sh- they don't mm-hmm. they just because let it happen they their wanna, names get put on projects don't don't even yeah. they want to get their name they want to hurdle over you too yeah. like it's just <laughs> even the ones that like you think are on your side and then you're like oh wait you're slowly doing the things that <laughs> you're like oh. every other man does or yeah yeah i mean like all yeah. those workplace situations where you're like well that man it wasn't uh, explicitly horrible to me so yeah. i guess he's good but it's like but he would sit through me yeah. getting harassed or like (laughs) being treated like shit and i guess because he didn't do it himself i'm not mad like it's just yeah 
Oh, listeners, you couldn't see up. it, but all three of us just eye rolled in unison. <laughs> uh, something I really liked with Lily Tomlin's character is you see, we'll, we'll talk about her relationship with her son as well, but like you see her, it's like that second shift mentality, which I feel like comes up in a lot of like second wave feminism mm-hmm. stuff because it was so focused on women in the workplace. But you see there's like that great shot of her talking on the phone, checking in on things at home while also doing five things mm-hmm. at work at once. And it's just like she's doing it all deftly and capably. And you're like, she shouldn't have to do this. Yeah, none of the men in this office are calling to make sure that they're kids are getting places on time and all this no stuff while they can't do anything they're like go get me a cup of coffee go get me yeah. f- like gifts for my w-. they like they delegate tasks that no one should be doing at work to like these capable women who should be spending time doing something else but he's like uh go shopping for me because women be shopping right mm-hmm. it's really <laughs> it's women really frustrating shopping yeah. and and the violet i don't know i violet's like they're all, all three of them are amazing characters. I was also like pleasantly surprised by, I don't know, like the three main characters are all very, they have very distinct personalities. Mm-hmm. They have very different approaches to the same, I mean, which you can tell in the minutes long fantasy sequences. <laughs> they have different approaches to how they would kill this man. <laughs> but I like, uh, I liked that amazing scene where you get a lily tomlin monologue and then a dolly parton monologue back to back so good where uh lily tomlin is um hold on i think i've got don't call me your girl right i'm no girl i'm a woman do you hear me i'm not your wife thank god or your mother or and but then she turns to doraly and says "Or or your mistress right so we all know that that is inaccurate fabricated petty wrong but you see this moment where, like, Violet clearly fucks up and mm-hmm. gets it wrong. And then Doralee comes to her own defense and is like, wait, is that what people think is going on? Yeah. And uh, immediately Violet believes her. It's not a question of, like, women are not believing women mm-hmm. in this movie. So I, I kind of liked that there was an example of a female character fucking up and then course correcting immediately mm-hmm. and, like, siding with her female coworker. And then they all band together. And yeah, that was, I mean, and then Dolly Parton's monologue. It's so fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that (laughs) scene is incredible. They're like, first of all, I'm going home. Second of all, we're going to go get a drink. Third of all, then we're going to get high and plan how to kill our boss. (laughs) (laughs) And then Lily Tomlin also uses that phrase, pink collar ghetto at the bar, which I thought was like, again, just like one of those things where I'm like, oh my God, that phrase still comes up mm-hmm. all the time. So like the pink collar, I don't know if she was using it in the exact same context, but like pink collar jobs, there's been like a lot of, I don't know, I went through a phase where I was reading a lot about mm-hmm. it. Basically jobs that are given majority to women and the benefits and pay are not fair. Right. And so like the most recent example where like pink collar will pop up a lot is social media jobs mm-hmm. where the majority of people mm-hmm. in those positions are women. They're not paid enough. They're not given enough benefits. Sometimes it's just a contract job even when it shouldn't be. And that's like another example of just like, I mean, and for a long time, like teaching was a pink collar job where like no one was getting paid enough and even now it's like my mom has to buy her own school supplies for her own classroom which is fucking ridiculous whenever you see a teacher doing a fundraiser fucking give all of your money to it (laughs) um 
but yeah, I, I thought that that was cool that like that phrase that is like still a buzzy phrase right now is like comes up to I don't know. This movie's great. This movie yeah. definitely <laughs> has such relevance in today's time with everything going on. I, know, I wish it didn't. Yeah, right. no, it's like this movie was came out in 1980. It's 2019, and it's like. Yeah, almost that, 40 years ago. It's like, that really. It's like, I'm wow. like, wow, we haven't really solved literally one of these problems. <laughs> like, no. not one. Everything stays the same. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's. Oh, man. Dare I say, fucked up. Oh, say. wow. There you go again. You owe us three more dollars. <laughs> it's it, worth it. Put it in the swear worth jar. Every penny. <laughs> worth it. Um, but yeah, oh, Jamie, you were starting to talk about that. The, like, the monologue that Dora Lee gives where she is like yelling at heart and like saying i've like you've sexually harassed me for the last time i'm gonna shoot your dick off if you do it again like yeah. i wish i had the actual text in front oh, of me because it. it's so the good oh yes hen. i've got it Phen- phenomenal writing yes. are you guys ready i'm ready please okay get your scummy hands off me look i've been straight with you since the first day i got here and i've put up i, sh- I feel like i should raise my voice an octave <laughs> and do an accent right I, it would be so it would be mean to dolly parton i'm not gonna do that's that. fair nobody can emulate dolly no i mean i'm not gonna try it but and, and i put up with all your groping and ogling and hollow apologies and chasing me around the desk because i need this job but this is the last straw look i've got a gun out there in my purse <laughs> and, and up to now i've been forgiving and forgetting because of the way i was brought up but I'll tell you one thing. If you ever say another word about me or make another indecent proposal, I'm going to get that gun of mine and I'm going to change you from a bishop to a rabbi with one shot. And then you're just like, oh, my God. Mm. It's great. And then we stand and we cheer and we feel um, That's the other thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the other thing I um, didn't appreciate about this movie, I think, on like the first watch. But there are subtle ways or maybe even not so subtle, but ways that each character is set up that they need the job that they have where Judy has just gotten divorced and she was a homemaker. So she needs to enter the workforce now to support herself. And another like detail is layered into that where he left her for his secretary. Yeah. And which is part of why like Judy is so dismissive of um, Dorley. Dorley whenever right. she's trying to reach out and be friendly because she still thinks about this affair that's happening and I, I want to touch more on that she's, in just a moment. Dare I say triggered? Uh, perhaps. <laughs> um, so she needs to support herself so she's entering yeah. the workforce. Lily Tomlin's character is a single mother of four mm-hmm. uh, so she needs to support her family and herself um, and then Dorley says uh, you know I need this job so they're all putting up with this Probably horrible abuse. Her husband Dwayne is just a home plan guitar <laughs> he, right, he's like a, a musician it seems so she's you know he's super- a an artist you know probably not making much money their their relationship and you get like one scene where you see them together and unfortunately the dialogue does not age very mm-hmm. well nope. because he's like smile for me smile, smile for more me. but the message of what he's like, i like what i was impressed by from that scene which was not uh smile for me uh but is that he listened to her and he believed that she was being harassed and he wasn't like you're making this up which i mm-hmm. think again is like another easy thing that unfortunately happens mm-hmm. all the time so it was nice to be like okay so he is saying smile for me <laughs> but it <laughs> seems like she was like happy in her marriage and like had a support system that you're just like well that's lovely i like to think that when she becomes a country western star he's like her 
her backup guitarist. He's in her band. Oh, yeah. He's in her band. Uh, yeah. A star is born uh, in Dolly, whoa. but like n- not because a man helps her be a star. It's because she became a star on her own. And her hu- her- <laughs> I can't live laughing because we saw this movie together. And, and you, Jamie and Anna were both crying and Caitlin and I were both sitting there like, oh what my the fuck, fuck is this movie? <laughs> hey, you cursed. <laughs> I know I did. I'll put $3 in the swear jar. Give it I'll back. Cry. I'll, cry. I'll cry again. <laughs> oh, I hate you that movie. Um, but yeah, I so one of the things that happens... <laughs> <laughs> That was Bradley Cooper's actual dog. Okay, sorry. That's like the <laughs> bassest vocal fry ever. It's just all vocal fry. Right. Like, People complain about women's vocal fry. Have you seen Bradley Cooper in A Star Is Born? They're like Oscar nominated. All right, sure. Anywho, uh, so one of the things that happens in this movie that sucks to see play out, but then it gets course corrected, uh, like you said, Jamie, but the women in the office don't like Dorley because they think she's having an affair with the boss. But what's really happening is that she's being sexually harassed by her boss and uh, he's spreading rumors that they're sleeping together. So as soon as there's light shed on that, that's when Judy and Violet are like, oh, let's all be friends. You know, sorry we right. made assumptions about you. So we could be like, oh, man, it's like women hating women for, like, these petty reasons. But it's also like, so, yeah. right, it, like, it, it's men pitting women against each other. And them uh, figuring it out. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I thought that that was, like, a cool example of, like, commenting on that, too. Because, it, yeah. yeah, especially in, like, 1980 where it might not – I mean, even now, like, it doesn't always – occur I don't know like now now I feel like it's almost like an instinct but in every case like when I was definitely younger and working in offices and like male superiors quote unquote would try to pit women in the office against each other I didn't always realize that that was what was happening Mm -hmm. and so having like a movie point that out directly and then have them figure it out get mad and retaliate you're like oh this Mm -hmm. is like almost a blueprint for like what and like you said earlier it was really cool that like Lily Tomlin's character instantly believed Dolly Parton's character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, this man is lying on your name? Well, fuck him. Oh, you $3. <laughs> and also, let's lasso him. And it also makes total like sense, unfortunately, that Dorley hadn't tried to discuss it with any of the women in the office before because she's like, well, you know, it'll just make my reputation worse. It'll look like I'm coming, you know, and she kind of has that conversation with her husband, Dwayne, of like, I don't know really what's going on, but everyone hates me and I can't talk to anyone about it. Like, she, there's no place, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you can't imagine that HR at this company or most companies would be very helpful to her. Mm-hmm. And so it just, yeah, it felt like in a in a very, like, heightened movie, felt it was like a very realistic situation yeah. And then so much of that, I like what I, I feel like we talked about a lot of the same themes in the first wives club, mm-hmm. where which is clearly, you know, like taking a page from nine to five of like so much of this movie that's so much fun is just the catharsis of like 
you know, women in the workplace still have it so rough. And again, it's like we are seeing upper middle class white women. Yeah. Um, and they have it rough. And so, and so all the untold stories of uh, people from lower income backgrounds, um, of different races, sexualities, et cetera. Right. But but then you get to see them take this like spectacular revenge that no one in real life really can, <laughs> right? And it feels uh, amazing. You're it like, is. I it is empowering. Shoot someone's dick off. <laughs> I want to turn a rooster into a hen. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, I just tried to do an accent. I really apologize for that, everyone. It was tragically bad. But yeah, I mean, uh, just to piggyback off that conversation a little bit, this is a very like white feminism movie the, yeah the characters that are featured in this like the the empowered women are all middle class white women conventionally attractive mm-hmm. uh you know that whole thing Thin. yeah there are a few people of color in the office but they almost never get to talk uh they, they are... only talk about the white woman's predicament right yeah they're not really allowed to contribute anything to the story um we do see a black guy very early on who works in the mailroom and he comments on how he's never able to get promoted out of the mailroom because they keep bringing in outside people that may have been deliberate commentary on like you know white people tend to get favored for promotions or jobs over people color um but it's so it's like just that one thing and it doesn't get any further explore than that yeah, that's the only time you even see him mm-hmm. it right sucks it's and that that actor um his name is ray vitt and two years after this movie came out he was murdered by the lapd oh my god um, oh my god so, yeah and then we, we have uh there's a black woman in the office named betty mm-hmm. she gets a scene with lily tomlin but they're only talking about lily tomlin and betty is kind of just reassuring her and this is the scene where um, Violet is accidentally putting rat poison in the coffee. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's like they're all very much there as supporting characters and kind of background. There's another character. I think her name is uh, Maria Delgado, mm-hmm. uh, who gets fired. She's the one who gets fired for discussing her salary. But I believe she gets rehired then whenever Hart leaves. Yes. And then they're like, come back and like work part time if you want to. Yeah. But yeah other so. than that, there is really no mind paid to people of color in this film. And it's uh, all about, you know, the attractive white women and their struggle. Predicaments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So while this is like a feminist text, it is not intersectional. No. But it does, you know, pave the way for more intersectional feminist texts to be made later on. And uh, we are still waiting for yeah. <laughs> some of them. But, Where are uh, they? Yes. Uh... Will someone please fund them? <laughs> And with that, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. 
Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal History. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's full regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. And we're back. Sophie touched on this earlier, but I do think it bears repeating how remarkable it is that there is not any romantic subplots Mm -hmm. in this movie. That at least that take up any significant space. Thing at the end. Okay, yeah. So So let's talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think uh, I want to backtrack a little bit and talk about Judy's relationship with her ex husband, Dick, because he Mm -hmm. is. Tracksuit Dick. Tracksuit Dick. uh, Brown track tracksuit. I know. (laughs) It was like, what a choice. The worst color is. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he keeps showing up places. Stalking her. He's stalking her. He's like, yeah, I've been casing the joint because they're all staying at Hart's house, like to like monitor him. He's so creepy. And then this dude Dick is like, hey, I think I might want to get back together. Like, let's hang out. And she's like, no, you can't be here. Like, I'm house sitting. Like, please leave. And he's like, but I've been casing the joint. You're here alone, right? Like, I've been stalking you for days. Yeah, Yeah. crazy how casually he delivers those lines. He's like, yeah, of course I've been spying on you. Shut up. You're like, uh, sir? And you're like, excuse me, sir, uh, that's a crime. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, that doesn't get challenged at all. But, I mean, I don't know if, if like, Judy was like, well, we used to be married. So, you know, he, he can just harass me until I die. <laughs> I think it just shows, like, in, like, for a second there, you think she's going to, like, she was like, "Yeah, let's have lunch," and you think that that that, that was... I th- I was really worried that they would like yeah. get back together or something. I think um, they're just trying to show how inexperienced she is and like naive. Oh, just yeah, like just her show lack that. of but that, street smarts. But what I like about it is that like very quickly after she shows that she finds her strength again. Yes, and then at the end, she yeah she you know cusses him out screams him out she's like i'd never get back with you in a million years yeah, like hit the road buster. i'm doing m&ms yeah <laughs> and it's like and it's you know it's very over the top but it's a good like it's a good moment for that character and especially where that's i feel like that doesn't first wives club kind of fucks that up too yeah because they get the bet midler character gets back with yeah her her husband right so so this one i mean like if that had to be there which is like didn't have to mm-hmm. uh, and then there were other ways to characterize 
her. Right. But at, at least it's like well played with the way it concludes. Right. Yeah, he's he's basically introduced as an obstacle for her to like be like, go away. You're like ruining this. You know, we've kidnapped our boss and you're messing this up for us. You're really (laughs) messing up our Our operation tracksuit. Right. And then the way the story concludes, the whole movie concludes is they've gotten rid of heart the three of them are like woohoo we run this company now mm-hmm. uh and then there are like title cards of what happened to everyone first we see violet uh she gets promoted to like vice president she essentially gets heart's job no yeah because she's like so good at keeping her cool under pressure all you uh, have to do is poison someone and then you'll <laughs> finally get that promotion right. you've been waiting for Ooh, yeah um, just a hot tip yeah 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 then we see um, Judy's title card, and it says that she falls in love with and gets married to the Xerox representative, which is like a callback to like the whole Xerox mishap thing, when it's like, right. oh, but now she loves Xerox so much that she's fucking the Xerox You're man. Like, Not my favorite joke. Don't like it. Didn't need to be there. Um, and then we get, uh, you know, Dolly becomes, uh, she quits the company and becomes a country and Western singer, and we're like, woohoo. Perfect. And then the other, there's another problematic one where... Um, Hart's title card is uh, he was abducted by a tribe of Amazonians in Brazil, which, you know, perpetuates the negative stereotype that indigenous people are savages. Savages, yeah. Yeah, so that's not good. But um, nope. at all. I, I do like, though, that there's no uh, romantic subplot because um, there's kind of no room for it and no need for it in this story. Yeah, right. It's a, it's a fucking revenge fantasy. Yeah. And I feel like, again, that's like... Would that have been possible if there weren't mostly women and queer people in the room? I would guess mm, not. Probably no. it's I a big fat guess, no. <laughs> I would guess a not. There, so there is one passage positive. I wanted to bring up. Oh, please. Sure. So right after they have uh, kidnapped him and they're realizing that they can't just, like, keep him, then when they decide they wanted what they want to do, they go, Violet, what could we use to, to keep Hart quiet? Judy, blackmail? Violet, blackmail. Oh, that's great. But what could we get him on? Judy, a sex scandal. Take a picture of him with a prostitute. Yeah. Doralee, oh, yes. no, who'd care? Violet, she's right. Hart would simply buy up all the copies and then distribute them as Christmas cards. Yes, so this is uh, shaming of sex work. Yeah. Shaming of Another... sex work, not cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, tasteless, who, tasteless, rich white lady joke. Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah. let's hire a prostitute and exploit her in order to, to get, it's like, ew, To get back at your boss. Cares? Yeah, that's yeah. not, not that's, you know, very that. 1980s. Yeah, uh, very of its of. time. Very, like, white feminism privilege bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> We don't love it. We don't love it. Uh, I, I wanted to share some uh, quick quotes about... Just again, just like going back into like the writing process for this movie, Mm -hmm. Mm because it's very interesting to me where Jane Fonda, I mean, she has like a pretty storied history of fighting for workers rights. She's from a very privileged background. um, And so a lot of times when she would try to make these stories about not 
extremely rich people, she would have to do research on them, mm. uh, which I mean, what a what a trial. But <laughs> but she's like talked a lot about the process of like figuring out how to play these characters, and she like spoke to a lot of women who worked as secretaries, mm-hmm. um, and she had the following to say. Um, and she said she also specifically focused on women who had begun working later in life due to either being divorced or being widowed, which mm-hmm. I think was a lot more common in the 80s than it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she said, quote, what I found was that secretaries know the work they do is important, is skilled, but they also know they're not treated with respect. They call themselves office wives. They have to put gas in the boss's car, get his coffee, buy the presents for his wife and mistress. So when we came to do the film, we said to Colin Higgins, the director, mm-hmm. okay, what you have to do is write a screenplay which shows you can run an office without a boss, but you can't run an office without the secretaries. Unquote. Mm-hmm. Fun. And that's, I think this is my favorite part of the movie when they've kidnapped Hart, tied him up in like S&M gear in his house using it's also like the garage garage door opener that we see Lily Tomlin install earlier in the movie. Because she fixed it on her own. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, while, be- while having a serious conversation with her son. About pot. About pot <laughs> and about how she gets mistreated at work. And, yeah. and, like, mm. and yeah, she's like, uh, I'm a mother of four and I just installed my own garage door opener and he's still calling me his girl. Mm-hmm. We're like, woo. So they've kidnapped the boss. They've tied him up. He's, you know, wearing a, a collar, stuff like that. All right. Um, and they realize that no one ever actually wants to see the boss face to face at work. So like, except for Roz, who is a traitor. Um, (laughs) But they're like having a pretty easy time of like him not being there. So they use this opportunity to implement all these changes. Radical. Like, yeah. And I, I almost wanted to see a little bit more of it. Like you get paid maternity leave and like, right. you and know, like, keep he- going, keep going. health insurance for everybody free. Medicare uh, for all. Bernie 2020. Daycare, split, split work time, flexible mm-hmm. hours. Yeah. It's like, that wasn't the stat that they increased productivity by 20%. Per 20%. In like right. six weeks. It's like, what yeah it's it's very impressive so awesome to see uh that you can tell like the morale around the office is much higher what kind of stinks about this is that they do all this stuff and then the chairman of the board comes in thinks that Hart was responsible for all these changes no one corrects him because if they did they'd have to be like yeah we did it because we had kidnapped our boss right. um <laughs> but he still gets like the credit and the promotion for these positive changes and this increase of efficiency and by Colonel Sanders. The women right, by Colonel Sanders and the women don't get any recognition. Is it realistic? Yeah. But it yeah. you know, it just it kinda sucks to see that that's like sort of how the that's how the movie ends where they don't get any recognition still. That was a bit of a bummer. But yeah. it's also like I said Unfortunately hyper realistic. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Um Jamie, did you yeah. want to get into the song at all? Oh, well, I just wanted to mention, I mean, just that even like the song 9 to 5 has some very subversive and cool lyrics that sometimes you miss because you're like, it's such a slapper. Uh, But she, I mean, she clearly is like writing about what actually happens in the movie that she references. They just use your mind and they never give you credit referencing when uh, Lily Tomlin's idea is taken. You would think that I would deserve a fat promotion, want to move ahead, but the boss won't seem to let me. It's just really good. 
yeah that's all i wanted to say is just like pointing out specific lines that reference the movie Mm -hmm. and that are just like there's not a lot of working women's empower this is still like the working woman's empowerment Mm -hmm. anthem it's my ringtone oh she's she's wait sophie is it your ringtone it's my ringtone (laughs) you just like really like it's my (laughs) Uh, it's really fun to hear it go off in front of people and uh, see <laughs> their faces, especially men. Um, and then a uh, quick note on the reception of this movie. Yes. It is now regarded as a classic. It has been, uh, and and for the most part, it, it got like generally positive reviews when it came out. However, because in 1980, even more so than now, the movie criticism community was really only old white guys. Mm-hmm. Um, even people who reviewed the movie well would still diss it for the parts that they just didn't understand themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, you got your boy, Roger Ebert, who, <laughs> well, he did give the film three out of four stars, which is a lot for mm-hmm. him. Yeah, uh, He doesn't usually like to see women, and so this is a thrill for us. Uh, <laughs> but... The way he talks about it is very condescending. He says, quote, It was pleasant entertainment, and I liked it, despite its uneven qualities and a plot that's almost too preposterous. You're like, uh... Gene Siskel had, like, similar stuff. Uh, Variety said, quote, Although it can probably be argued that Patricia Resnick and Colin Higgins' script borders on the inane, the bottom line is, it's fun, where, like, basically you don't get a lot of critical praise for the story you mostly just get like wow dolly parton's a movie star which is true which is still like, most of the articles about this movie is like yeah. wow this was a, st- a star is born but even now there there was like some fucking uh editorial like flame war like mm-hmm. in 2017 because um oh i think i saw this yeah where where yeah. uh nine to five was like being screened by the bfi british film institute and was just like called in the description like a feminist classic and then someone at the guardian wrote this long editorial man obviously mm. uh being like is it really a feminist text yeah and, I read that. and then it turned and you're like that was two years ago you know it's just like <laughs> You, oh, you, you can't like, dude, we've like moved on from nine to five mentality, but it is a feminist text, you dumb. Oh. I mean, this movie uh, was, uh, you know, uh, made into a TV series, made into a musical version of the film. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, it's influential. And wake it, I up, mean, Guardian guy. Who was, who was the author of that? I don't know. I don't Who even cares? want to get his name Screw in my him. mouth. Yeah. The fact that this movie was such a commercial success just goes to show, like, how starved people are for representation, for, like, female-led comedy movies or female-led projects in general. Like, and I, another thing I always appreciate is a funny movie starring women. I love to see women be funny. Uh, Lily Tomlin especially is like cracking jokes. She's, you know, yeah, I tore right through your memo and it's a double entendre. It's hilarious. I know know where to stick it. Love that line. (laughs) And that, oh, she's like, I'm a doctor. Why am I talking to you? Piss off. And it does pass the Bechdel test, but she's screaming at a woman to piss off. You know, can't but it's uh, man, it's uh, it's so funny. She's so so funny. funny. It's great. And uh, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin are both over forty. 
when they're filming this movie. Yeah. Uh, you don't get to see women in their 40s really very much at all in and, cinema. And again, similar to, um, I mean, I think like a lot of the strengths and weaknesses of 9 to 5 are kind of identical to the ones in First Wives Club. Yes. Where you're like, well, women over 40 do want to see themselves reflected in movies. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah. And not just white women, too. But, um, you know, again, where's the fucking movie? Where is it? Um, But this movie, you know, it moved the dial. It kept things like it. Yeah, it opened up a conversation about sexism. And and I just I love how, like, it's about, like, women coming together who, like, share a common motivation and a common interest in taking down this shitty sexist boss that they have Mm -hmm. and, like, uniting for this like progressive cause and like getting shit done it just makes me so happy it just yeah it's it's a feel good there's a article on Saturday Living that's like 11 things Dolly Parton taught us in 9 to 5 and I think they're all really kind of cool it's like trust other women confront Mm -hmm. your problems head on always stand up for yourself sometimes you just need to drink with your friends (laughs) turnabout is fair play at least in fantasies uh stand by your friends always have your friends back sometimes you need to call your friends on their mistakes commit to your plans with your friends Uh, a lot of friendship stuff (laughs) Mm -hmm. be honest with your friends follow your dreams it's like these are these are all it's like yeah i mean you just don't see stuff like that in, in movies especially in 1980 right yeah and even sadly Today. today woohoo well it, do you guys have anything else i think those those all the main points that i had i think i just i really and this is coming from someone who has a panic attack every time they smoke weed but uh i just <laughs> like lily tomlin like talking to her like teenage son being like yeah i don't really care if you smoke weed slip it in my purse like i feel like a lot of like mother characters from that era would have been like marijuana is the devil and she's just like fuck it i'm gonna smoke smoke a one joint mall yeah and she like oh they just have so much fun together i love that scene where they're just like laughing yes especially if you like are grace and frankie head you're like damn lily tomlin is is weed mom weed mom (laughs) fully weed mom Oh, it's a good time movie it is it's a rom if you haven't seen it you gotta see it must uh, does it pass the Bechdel test? Yeah. Many a times. So many times. Lots. They do talk about heart a lot, but there are many, many conversations between many combinations of characters. And only because they're trying to pass. kill him. And only because, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't even know that they're ever actually trying to kill him. Like, they don't want to be murderers. They just want to They just want him to get fuck him off. out of there. Yeah. I Here's honestly, $3. <laughs> I honestly, there was a, there was a talks of a sequel to this movie, which I would prefer to a reboot I'm I've really absolutely had it with the reboots a sequel with the original cast would be amazing mm. yeah that ended up getting scrapped but I'm like oh they should do it and then this time they should be trying to kill him yeah <laughs> like they should they take it to the next level yeah let's go full horror camp and just do it yes. Well, I read this piece that was like the reason why they aren't doing the reboot is because the content would be too similar because things haven't changed right oh and I was like I was like so yeah. depressing oh, man I've had like male bosses like pretty much word for word 
the same things that Mr. Hart says to yeah. like Judy or Violet or Shout out to my Dorley. old, old, old boss for making me cry over paper towels. <laughs> Fuck you. Him. Shout out to my boss from two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Should have put some uh, sweet and love. You're... La, 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 la. Okay. Don't worry, um, he would never give me $5. So he'll <laughs> never hear this. Let's rate the movie on our nipple scale. Um, kind of been waiting for this day. Yeah, oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, I would give this a 4.25. I'm going to take off three quarters of a nipple because it, it is a movie that largely ignores people of color in general and there's you know just a couple of those like regressive jokes about uh sex work and uh tribe of people in the amazon you know stuff like that um but it just feels so ahead of its time and it holds up for the most part pretty well you know it's it's a raw it's a fun movie it's it's i love to see women triumphing over their like sexist oppressors just a few of the era things that it gets a little wrong yeah. uh, could be more inclusive could be more intersectional mm-hmm. but um uh, for 1980 4.5 is pretty, pretty good, good. Yeah. yeah so and I'll, I'll give one to each of the the gals lily jane and dolly uh i'll give one nipple to the woman who's struggling with alcoholism who gets love rehabilitation drunk feminist icon margaret yes (laughs) and i will give my quarter nipple to scam goddess uh heart's wife missy i I liked (laughs) missy i'm a missy stan Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope she divorced him. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'll go four point two five as well. I mean, kind of for for all the same reasons. Where it's like for nineteen eighty, this is like radical yeah. and but also mainstream, which is like such a cool yeah, space yeah. to occupy in like movie history. It is too white. It only acknowledges middle class people. And there is space in that movie for that to not be the case, which we see because there's like little moments and little like tastes of like, oh, let's explore that. What is going mm-hmm. on with the, the guy in the mailroom? Uh, what's going on with the women of color in your office? And they're there, but they're not allowed to take up space in the narrative right which is very of its time and unfortunately still of our time a lot of the time and so like there was space for that i wish that more space had you know cut a minute out of each revenge fantasy <laughs> and let betty Word. have a storyline yeah um but for for its of the time weaknesses i it's still it still is like everything that they're talking about is still relevant and unfortunately like not a lot of progress has been made uh so that's unfortunate Mm -hmm. i'm gonna give it 4.25 nipples uh (laughs) give all three of the gals one uh oh i think alfred molina who could wouldn't have have played well anyone but i think in this one he was like you know what i am i'm just a fan i'm just (laughs) he could have been colonel sanders he could he could he might have been too young to be colonel sanders in the, I mean, oh, but he's a sure. chameleon. He would have been like 30 when this movie yeah, came No, not even. Young. He'd be like 25. He's very young. Uh, <laughs> he could have been Dwayne. 
He could like have, a less problematic Dwayne. Wait, which one's Dwayne? Dorley's husband. Dorley's oh, husband. Sure. Okay, let's go with that because I would yeah. love to see him kiss Dolly Parton. Oh yeah. Okay. They were oh, horny yeah. for each other too. The the yeah. So yeah, they were they yeah. were an active couple. They were. They were uh, yeah, I, yeah, I was like, oh, they're but to good for them. <laughs> go, they're married. They still do that. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Alfred Molina should have been Dwayne. So I'll give, you know, my fourth nipple to Alfred Molina and the last quarter, or no, I'll give my fourth nipple to Betty and then give the quarter to Alfred Molina. Smart. Just cuts. Yeah. Uh, Sophie. Wow. Well, it's your time to shine. Here. Okay. 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 Uh, I'm going to go with a f- four, 4.25 out, out of unison. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to give one to Lily, one to Dolly, one to Jane. And then I'm going to give one to, uh, wait, I want to know the actress's name who played Margaret because she made me extremely happy. Uh, Elizabeth Wilkes. No, 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 no that's, that's Roz. Roz. That's Roz. Roz is getting uh, the, the quarter nip. Spoiler. <laughs> um, the actress who played Margaret, Peggy Pope. Okay. Shout out Peggy Pope. Uh, you get a whole nip. And then Elizabeth Wilson, who played Roz for, uh, you know, wanting to learn another language and bettering herself gets uh, a quarter nip, even though she was deeply she, annoying she was a every trader has a who Roz. was just too obsessed with the male boss but she now knows french so hey, yeah i was like you know she was like us all. she was like oh you want me to better myself bonjour and you know what quarter nip for you Roz. okay sure but, yeah <laughs> we, we hope she grew with time yeah yeah well sophie whoa you did it you did it that's amazing <laughs> Woo! Thanks for being here, oh, and thanks she... for being our producer Aww. and everything, we everything you've done. Thanks for being my friend. Of course. Where can we follow you and your dog Anderson online? So I, I only have Instagram. I don't have Twitter. It's That's a, for the best. Yeah. 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 But it's uh, Sophie underscore Ray underscore of underscore sunshine. Yeah. Hi, everyone. It's present day Jamie and Caitlin back again with the outro to the episode (laughs) (laughs) Um, by the way Mm -hmm. Sophie has since gotten a Twitter account so you can follow her because at the time of this recording she only uh, had an Instagram and and her Twitter account she has quite a few followers she's got a big following yeah yeah Um, and if you want to add to that you can follow her on Twitter at why Sophie why uh, there's underscores on either side of Sophie so why underscore Sophie underscore why why being W H Y and not the letter Y Wow listening are you listening yeah are you taking notes <laughs> um, so anyway that was our unlocked patreon slash matreon episode on nine to five Mm -hmm. if you want to listen to more matreon episodes because most of them we keep locked up okay yes so the only way to access those is by going to patreon.com slash bechtelcast and subscribing it's five dollars a month you get access to two bonus episodes every single month plus the entire back catalog and there are somewhere around like 80 90 episodes there something like that yeah there's uh there's quite a few so if you've run out of main feed episodes that is the place to go patreon.com slash bytelcast also remember to listen to ACCast (gasps) the first episode is out now and you can listen to ACCast on Mondays all the way through the summer it's a summer podcast yay is it spelled 
A-A-C-K? It's spelled A-A-C-K cast mm. by Jamie Loftus. You can also just search my name and it will come up because it is spelled uh, in a confusing way. Might doom the show. We don't know. <laughs> uh, in any case, everyone, please check out ACCast. Please. And happy July. Happy. You know, enjoy your summer safely. Yes, please. Bye. Bye-bye. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.